That was the first stage for me of actually becoming a man. So it taught me a lot, but I also had a lot of fun doing it. Welcome to episode 162 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland, and welcome to the brand new season, 2022 of the pod. We're so glad to have you along for the ride, and it's kind of fitting that the first guest of the new year on episode 162 is a guy hoping to play 162 MLB games this year as a member of the Cincinnati Reds. Alejo Lopez made history last summer as being the first position player from Dogs Academy in Okotoks to make it to the big leagues. The Mexico City native tore apart minor league pitching after being drafted by the Reds in 2015, earning a spot with Big Club for 14 games in 2021. While hitting 261, the 5'10", 170-pound infielder isn't content with that. He wants more and is working towards that goal every day. Lopez took some time out of his busy schedule to sit down for a candid conversation with us over Zoom to talk about his baseball journey coming to Alberta and his hopes and dreams going into the future. Alejo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, of course. No problem. You're back home in Mexico now. Take us back to the very beginning. I feel like this is a good jumping off point. Growing up, how did baseball become the game for you? Um, well, my grandpa and my dad played professionally. So they um, they taught me the game. And I grew up around the game. And... Uh, my dad was in the front office for a team in Mexico. And um, so then I was just always around the players and around baseball. So then I just I just grew up around it, yeah. Mm. Were you watching the big leagues growing up? Did you have a favorite player or team? Talk us through that inspiration piece that made you want to keep chasing that dream. Yeah, um, my, my dad always talked to me about the big leagues and he actually took me to to a lot of games in the States. So then, so then I would see and understand what the big leagues was. And he always kind of mm, like, he, he told me that was the, that was the goal, right? That was the best level of the MLB. So um, from early on, I paid attention to the big leagues and I started watching MLB baseball and um, yeah, of course, I had favorite players and I had, you know, players I looked up to and that I wanted to go watch. And, and then, you know, they're like, they're like your heroes when you're growing up. Mm-hmm. Who were they for you? Um, obviously, Jeter. Jeter was a big movement when I was growing up. And then Barry Bonds. And then also, I, well, my grandpa would talk to me about older players from like older generations. So then I also started looking into that. And, and then um, I also really uh, paid attention to Tony Wynn, um, players like that. Yeah. Mm. I suppose a lot of that, like when you think about how you've had success from a hitting perspective, Gwyn kind of comes to mind as one of the best ever at being able to be basically untouchable from a hitter's perspective. How much of that did you try to bring into your own game? Um, well, growing up, I started, um, 
analyzing more like the game you know when you're when you're just a kid you're just playing and you want to hit homers and you want to you know i i was, I was always good I, I always had skill so um i was just playing the game but then when i started you know playing in better levels i started analyzing the game more and obviously uh my dad and my grandpa they were great coaches once i started playing in better leagues and then i started looking more into like different players like tony win so then i was like well maybe that that could be me at some point I, I i just i didn't know like um how much i was gonna grow how big i was gonna be i didn't really know my game but but i love the fact that he was able to i mean nobody could get him out mm-hmm. uh, but then there was other like you know power hitters and then homers are also fun so then you start looking into more the analytic way and and who you are as a player do you remember that moment when you realized that there was something more to this that it was going to be more than just sort of the the backyard play and that kind of thing and that there might actually be a shot for you to make a career of this yeah you know what like i i grew up very confident because I was always the best player in in every league. So then I was like, like, you know, I, I didn't know better. So I was like, oh, baseball is easy. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, like I'm gonna make it to the league, like no problem, you know. <laughs> so then from an early from early on, I was just like, every challenge was like, oh, I got this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then once I once kids started growing and throwing harder and then you know this is more like 16 15 16 17 years old and then the game obviously humbles you and then you're like whoa like you know maybe i'm not the best (laughs) (laughs) but like when you're a kid you're always usually the best you know Mm -hmm. so take us back to how you ended up in oak tokes of all places i mean it's such a, a cultural difference between being in mexico and then basically going across the country and heading up to north of the 49th parallel. Yeah. So going back to your last question, like that's when I started getting serious when this whole thing started happening with Oak Dogs, Cause, um, I was playing, I was playing a lot of sports back then. Like I was playing baseball, I was playing soccer, I was playing golf. And so I was just kind of like having fun and being an athlete, obviously, my dad wanted me to play baseball and my grandpa wanted me to play baseball and they kind of pushed me towards that. But I didn't know. I was, I just was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. Like, and then they came, the dogs came to Mexico city to sort of like a clinic, like, you know, like teach baseball to people in Mexico and like fundamentals. And like, you know, I, I think that's what they were doing and they came with a bunch of coaches and i and i actually didn't want to go i was like well i don't really want to it, it was i think it was monday through friday and i didn't want to go i was like told my dad i didn't want to go like i wanted to i wanted to go play soccer i had some sort of tournament and i didn't want to do baseball mm-hmm. so then monday tuesday didn't go and my dad was like hey you should you should go i think you should really go like they're doing some they're, they're doing some cool drills. I think you would enjoy it. And I think you would learn something. 
So I was like, okay. So then I went on Wednesday and I just took ground, ground balls and hit BP. And then, um, these, uh, well, the coaches came up to my parents and started talking about me. And then all of a sudden it was just like, well, it, would, would you want to do something like that? Would you want to go to the States or to Canada? So then we started talking about possibilities going maybe to Oak Oaks or going to Florida or going to Phoenix, wherever, and like start, you know, playing in better levels because I was, pa- I was past that level in Mexico mm-hmm. and I needed more exposure, you know? And so uh, my mom didn't want me to go to the States. Um, and then in, in Canada, there were like host families the dogs were doing that and my mom loved the idea of that so then my mom was like well i don't want you to like you know live with like a roommate or something like i don't trust you to do that so <laughs> so so then canada was like the the option to, to you know take that jump so looking back on that was there an element of homesickness that came along with it or did you find the transition to somewhere so far away from home fairly easy to navigate and control um, so the, when I got there, I was very excited and I, my English was okay. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of a hurdle. Um, but right away I started having fun and making friends and I learned English pretty quick in six months. I, I was pretty good at it. So then, but the, the first two weeks I was like so excited. I wasn't even thinking about my family. Right. Then after that, it was like, then things started hitting me. Like Damn, my English, not that great. Like I miss my friends. Um, I miss my family. I miss mom. I was, I believe I was 15 or 16, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I started missing family and then, um, that was that then started getting hard and then i called them and i was like hi hey i don't know if i can do this and the thing is that they were like okay if you can't do it then come home because i i thought they would they would be like no you got to stay but then them telling me like okay like if you want to come home come home then that that was like for me it was like oh no i can't come home i I gotta stay (laughs) so then so then yeah uh, and then i i started making a lot of friends i started playing baseball and then I just forgot all about it because it was such a fun time for me, honestly, up there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to leave at the first. What do you remember most of your time with the dogs and with the academy and having that whole different kind of cultural experience that went above and beyond your, your usual home life? Um, well, I remember at first it was like, I liked to be, I like to be flashy on the field. Mm-hmm. So I like to do all kinds of things and, and Canadians were like more fundamental, like they were all about fundamentals and like, we do this, we go about, we got we go about our business this way. And I just wanted to be flashy and, you know, so then right away, I was like, I was like different in that sense. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So then I remember that, like people were asking me how to do different like tricks with the glove and stuff. And then I, I started enjoying that because I started making friends that way. I, like my teammates started, it was like, I started building some sort of bond with them. 
and then um, I started making friends at school and then whenever the coaches started you know teaching me more about fundamentals and I started playing baseball and then I earned my spot at shortstop then that's when I really started having fun and I just remember that we were we were we were the best in the area we would like the 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 toughest games were against Vauxhall, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they were a really great team. So it was always like a big deal beating them. And then, so then just like playing baseball and building a connection with all the guys and being a team and learning English and just being in a complete different, like my parents aren't around. It's like just me, like that was just like, such a learning experience and then I was just having fun. I was enjoying playing baseball in like a complete different country. Mm -hmm. And I noticed a few tweets from those early days as well about uh, referencing hockey and guys like Matt Lloyd and Dane Toflin were front and center. It seemed as though whenever you were tagging guys, uh, did you pick up the hockey bug at all while you're up here and did you stay along with it? Um, it was scary, man. Like <laughs> They were going so fast and, I could barely move, so. <laughs> but I tried it. I, I, I gave it a shot. Um, I learned to skate, but I wasn't good. Like mm -hmm. I could move around, and but I wasn't really. I, I was. I wasn't great. Um, but I remember when it started getting cold and started snowing, and it started getting like negative tens and fives so for me it was like like now what like now we can't be outside like mm -hmm. no no baseball like and then but for the guys it was like an exciting time so then the fact that they had exciting things to do in the winter like uh made it excited for me as well you know because they were like well we're gonna go to the odr and we're gonna go to the odr we're gonna be playing games at the field house like stuff like that. And then it was fun because going to the ODR, it was like our way of, you know, hanging out mm -hmm. and, and they, they enjoyed it so much. Um, I never went like snowboarding or anything like that. Um, they, they, they didn't let us. So right. yeah, the ODR was cool. Looking back on it, the benefit of 2020 hindsight, what did that program mean to you in your de uh, in your development, not only as a baseball player, but as a human being as well? Well, baseball wise, I learned all the fundamentals of the game there because we had we had some really good coaching. Uh, we had Brandon Newell, we had Alan Cox, we had uh, Brett Thomas. And these are all guys that like know the game really well, mm -hmm. um, along with some other coaches and baseball wise, I learned the fundamentals. I learned not to be so flashy and just make the play. You know, I learned to move runners over. I learned to hit left-handed because I was a switch hitter, but since I was so good right-handed, um, I just wanted to stay right-handed and Brett Thomas actually made me hit left-handed. He was like, if you go to the other side of the plate and try to hit righty, I'm going to bench you. <laughs> so then, and now it's like, I'm so thankful for that because mm. I'm actually, I think a better hitter from the left side. Mm. 
moving on past that as a human being um well i learned to do things by myself like um everything was on me and it was such a huge responsibility because it was a different country and not just that like a different language right so it was on me to to make it happen in school and to still be able to you know get better playing baseball so then that just gives you it just gives you a lot of responsibility to manage your time as a human being and know know what's good for you know when it's time to have fun know when it's time to work and that was that was the first stage for me of actually becoming a man so mm-hmm. um taught me a lot uh but i also had a lot of fun doing it very cool. Uh, you go in the 27th round of the 2015 draft to Cincinnati. Take us through that day, finding out that you get drafted and that what what were you doing? Where were you? What was that whole experience like? <laughs> well, that was a huge. That was honestly, I'm going to be super honest with you. That was a huge disappointment to me. Mm. It wasn't a fun day for me. Um Cause in sophomore year, I hit, when I went to, I went from Canada to the States. Uh, my dad, we went to play a tournament in October with the dogs and they, and then my dad started seeing everything and he was like, well, maybe it's a good idea to come here. Maybe you'll get drafted. Maybe you'll, you'll get a scholarship. And my dream school was ASU. Mm-hmm. So he was like, why not Phoenix? So then I started talking about it and then moved to Phoenix. And then my sophomore year, long story short, sophomore year, I hit 532 or something like that in like in Phoenix high school baseball. Mm-hmm. And then right away, uh, people, colleges started contacting me and, and my name started going around. And then my junior year, um, I was projected to go in the first two rounds. And then, so then all this stuff was hyping up. Now I went to the area code games and I'm just telling you this story super briefly. Mm-hmm. I went to the area code games and I didn't have a good area code game. Like I didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, my swing was all messed up. Um, I was listening to the wrong people and um, couldn't hit past 88. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's when my like draft stock dropped. Right. And then my senior year um, started working on my swing and stuff, had a good senior year. And then I was like, well, maybe I still have a chance to go in the first five rounds. And there, there was a lot of scouts at the Eric Cook games. It was, it was a big deal. Um, so I think there was just, it was disappointment for them that I couldn't play there the way that I played in high school baseball. And then I went late in the draft, but like I did end up committing to ASU. They gave me a scholarship. I, I chose to commit to them. And then the day of the draft, I went late in the draft. So then that was just like a huge disappointment. I was like, you know, I started overthinking everything, but young and naive, I was like young, proud, like prideful and naive. I was like, I don't want to go to school. I'm ready to play baseball. 
And then my mom was like, well, I, there's a lot of people I go to school, play three years, didn't get drafted in the first round. Maybe that could be you. And I was like, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to play. Like, I want to, I want to. And then that's when my character started really building. I was like, I want to, I want to show people that I'm a first rounder. I don't care if I'm five nine, five ten, whatever they put out there. I don't care. I I want to show them. So then, that day was a huge disappointment. I didn't sleep the night after, and I was just very pissed off. I wasn't having it. So it wasn't like yay. It was like, okay, I got a point to prove now. <laughs> Do you think oh, yeah. that chip on your shoulder maybe helped you in your progression as you went up through the system? Because I know it's been it's been a few years of kind of the trials and tribulations and obviously the the grind of the miners. Did that kind of help you in fueling you to make sure that you got to that top level? No, absolutely. Um, that was a start. That was a start of character building because I was always so good. Like there was no troubles. Like the first time I faced a struggle was at the area code games and it was like three days you know so i was just kind of like oh oh well everything's fine everything wasn't fine but i thought so but then then that was the first my the start of you know from there on out i was an underdog i was never i was never like oh he's he's the guy you know Never. It was like, you know, let's see what he can do. Like I had to prove that I had, that I could play in the MLB, you know, like mm. a, a, so a coach with the Reds told me this, like a first rounder has to prove he cannot play in the big leagues. He's unable to. A 27th rounder has to prove that he can play in the big leagues. So the first, second and third round, they're always going to get all the chance possible. And this is, this is just facts, you know, like it's a business. It's that's the industry. You know what I mean? So then I knew that going into it, but I, I was playing the odds, see what happens. Mm -hmm. So then that was the start of me building character and, you know, just really seeing what I can do. Fast forward then to late June of this past year, and you get that call to join the Reds' 40-man roster. Day later, you get into your first game. What goes through your mind during that whole process as you're, A, probably hearing the rumblings that you might be called up, but beyond that is kind of mentally preparing yourself for any and all possibilities once you do get that call? Well... Um... Right before that, it was like, okay, so spring training, I, I, I get invited to report early with big league camp. Mm -hmm. So then I get 10 at bats and I get three hits. So then not much opportunity, right? Just one month, 10 at bats, not great. Mm -hmm. But I understand because there's priority, right? They, the Reds want to win. Um, I understand the industry. I understand why. And this is just the way it goes sometimes. You just got to wait for your chance, even if you're ready. So then after that, the Reds give me the chance to go to the alternate site, which is like a month of, it was like a month in case the Reds, the, the big league club, in, in case they got like a bad COVID situation, these were the guys that could potentially get called up. 
Um, so then the Reds gave me the chance to go to the site. I was really excited about it. It was a month. I got, I played basically every day and it was just absolutely, I can't, I, I, it was just ridiculous. It was one month. I got a hundred, about a hundred at bats and I got like 45 knocks. Hmm. It, it was, it, it, I, you know, like, honestly, like I, I gotta say like, it, it, they couldn't get me out. So then I'm like, okay, like I'm definitely going to make the AAA club. Like, you know what? Like I'm going to make the AAA club, you know? And those numbers don't show up anywhere, but I was like, that's, that's cool because I'm going to go AAA. I'm going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And no, like they sent me to double A after that. And I'm like, <laughs> such a disappointment. So honestly, <laughs> at this point I was just playing angry. I was mad. I was waking up every morning and I was pissed off. It was like, I'm mad. Like I'm going to the field and I'm pissed, but not recklessly. Right. Cause right. I'm still trying to make the club. Like I'm, I'm trying to get to the big leagues right now. Double a, I hit, I don't know, three seventy or something in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of doubles. Um, I get called up to triple a first pitch I see in triple a. And that was crazy too, because they had to do the COVID test when I got to AAA and it wasn't, I don't know. They were taking a long time to approve it. So then they were like, Hey, go home. Like, you know what? Just like you'll play tomorrow. Um, this is in Louisville. And I drove there and they were like, go home. We'll, we'll check your test. We'll tell you tomorrow what time to report. So then seven, it's like the seventh inning in the game. And they're like, Hey, head over to the ballpark. Your test. <laughs> so I go to the ballpark. They're like, Hey, put your pants on like this is your jersey i'm wearing like this baggy jersey horrible pants like first cleats i found in my bag put them on and get a quick stretch in and then pk the manager there he's like hey um you're a good hitter right i'm like yeah he's like all right so go do what you do so then i just go right up to the plate and first pitch i see in triple a it's a knock so then um I started playing every day after that and I hit in less than a month, same, it was like 28 days. I hit like, you know, same thing, like 360, ton of doubles. And then I'm walking to, I'm walking to a locker room after a game and PK, I'm walking past the manager's office, PK, Pat Kelly, Mm. and he calls me into his office. He's like, hey, I got to talk to you. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You're expecting the call down or the send back down. I'm like, are I going to double A? Come on. No way. (laughs) What's this about? And he's like, hey, remember what I told you a couple months ago? I'm like, hey, you told me a lot of things. He's like, hey, uh, I I told you, I told you you'd be a big leader one day. Did I not? And I was like, yeah, I I remember that. He's like, all right, well, tomorrow's your day. No way. And then it was just like, what? Like, is he joking? Is he being serious? Like, you know, you, you always anticipate that moment, but you're never ready for it. Mm -hmm. You know, 
take us back to the lead up to that at bat and we'll get to the at bat in a second but uh, as somebody who's in the entertainment business I always kind of take those moments during a game to kind of soak it all in go okay this is cool I get to do this for a living from a player's perspective before you step into that batter's box do you take that moment to kind of recognize the situation and to go okay i uh, I'll call it. I finally made it. I finally got to this point where I'm where I'm putting on a big league uniform and I'm actually stepping into the batter's box. Um, not before the at bat because I knew I knew the coaching staff. I knew they knew they knew that I was like I was really hot and I was like they they might use my bat. So then I was ready. I had my helmet, batting gloves. I was ready to go, and then they hadn't told me anything. And so the manager saw me that he probably, he looked back and saw me that I was ready. And then they came looking for me. They're like, Hey, you're going out. So then this is all like, I like blacked out. I don't remember much about this. I think I took a couple hacks or something. I do remember walking to the box. I'm looking up and just seeing like, so many people and the people at the top just they just looked so small and i was like i can't be looking at that right now come on focus <laughs> but then i just walk up to the plate and i was just like well same thing right like i'm not changing a thing i'm doing the same thing like, i remember thinking that like same thing see the ball hit the ball you know if you like it swing it if you don't like it don't swing keep it simple mm -hmm. yeah broken bat knock And then they they switched pitchers. So then then I had a couple minutes to really just soak it all in. And then the crowd got up and clapped. And then it was just like it was like honestly, it felt like a movie because I had all this time to really just enjoy what just had happened. Mm -hmm. and then I realized like okay, like now I can enjoy it. I'm in the big leagues, awesome. And then game start again I'm like all right let's focus on base running I don't, I don't want to get picked off <laughs> mm -hmm. going back to after you get that hit you round first you stop you go back to first and I was watching the video and you look skyward and then you clap your fists together what's going through your mind who are you thinking of in that moment because clearly that's something that has kind of been ingrained in what you what your your traditions are your your what you happen to do on a on a daily and nightly basis when you're when you're hitting the ball yeah, so, well, my grandpa passed away, and he's the one that he's the one that taught me the game along with my dad. So it was just a moment to, I mean, he wasn't there. So, I mean, maybe he was, I don't know, but I was just looking up to the sky thinking of him. And I was just thankful, just like, a, it was just like a moment where I just felt really grateful and there was just a feeling of, you know, happiness and just very content. And I was, I was just thinking of him. I was, you know, obviously you wish people like that are there, you wish they were still there, but they're not. And, you know, they instantly come to your mind because not not just because they taught you the game but because they were along with you for so long and you know family 
Absolutely. Uh, at the end of the year, you're named the Reds minor league hitter of the year. What did that recognition mean to you as you look back on the the grind and everything that you've gone through over the last few years? Well, I was just, you know, just thinking back on everything. I'm just really happy that I, I'm, I'm just very happy that I got the opportunity to play, to make my debut with the Reds because I, I developed with them. And even though I was a 27th rounder, they still gave me the chance to play. I was started every year. And then getting the chance with the Reds and then getting recognized by them being the hitter of the year, it was just like, you know, like, yes, I've put in the work, but also they've given me this huge opportunity. So it was just, you know, I was just really thankful with them for giving me the, the chance and recognizing my work. And, you know, these are just little things that push you, they push you forward to keep on doing what you do. Mm -hmm. What kinds of things are you working on over the off season here to make sure that you're not only just achieving that little goal of that 14 game stint this past year, but making sure you stick there uh, going forward? Yeah, so it's a, honestly, it's the, it's a great setup. Um, I think that I've used my offseason greatly. Um, first two months of the offseason, I decided to play winter ball in Mexico. And I told them, hey, listen, like, um, we can put everything I want on the contract, but something that has to happen if you want me over there, I'm going to play shortstop. You know what I mean? Like, the 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 role that I'm doing right now with the Reds is like kind of like a utility player. I've mm -hmm. played left, third, second, you know, but I never and then it just gives you such a, an advantage to play to be able to play shortstop. So in the first two months, I played shortstop, did a great job. And then now my dad is uh, here in Mexico. And right now is the off season here. So I'm just using all his tools to my advantage. So I'm, I'm living with him right now and I'm using the, the stadium to myself, the coaches here helping me out with my stuff, whatever I want to get better at the trainers. Um, so then I just have this amazing setup that it's such, such a hard thing to get to a lot of the players just working on every aspect of the game on an actual baseball field. Mm -hmm. Um, also the gym and obviously from here on out it's like how do i not just make the club how do i play every day want to ask a little bit about your social media and you've been pretty active on it for quite a while now and you've always been kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to posting about thoughtful or inspirational content i'm curious what drives you to be that kind of athlete to be able to connect with your fans in that way well, just whatever I'm thinking about that makes me better. Like now that we can all connect from so far away, um, it's like, you know, why not um, tell them what I'm thinking, thoughts that thoughts that I have on a daily basis, you know, that, that make me better, you know, actual things that um, I never put stuff on my social media that like it's just to put it out there. If I'm putting something out there, it's because it's something that's helping me at the moment. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not just self-centered, it's for like everyone's personal life or goals they have, because yeah, I'm a baseball player, but other people 
do you know they have other other goals in other industries so maybe this can help you in your path to whatever you're looking for you know and um i i just think that after what's happened to me in the past six seven years it's like well if i could achieve something this big you know if you have the right mindset other people can do it in any other industries and whatever they're looking for whatever they're doing so then i just i just shared for that purpose you know very cool uh speaking of fans your social media would also seem to indicate that you're a really big fan of your parents and you've mentioned them a couple of times during the course of this interview what have they meant to you in in your journey as a not just a baseball player but obviously as a man as well well uh my parents did everything possible for me to they they did everything for me to reach my dreams you know they were always first at first it was more like they gave me everything materialistically to to achieve you know whatever i wanted to do but then when it was all on me that you know i they they can't stand in the box and hit for me mm. um it was they were always there for me you know spiritually um always a big support um so then in all these aspects of life they've always been they've always been there for me and um they were such a close family um not just my parents my siblings as well that it's like you know i always have them in my thoughts we talk every day even when i'm far away and thankful for them for all the support they give me emotionally. Mm-hmm. A couple more questions for you here before we let you go. Firstly, when you were at Dogs Academy, you probably saw the alumni roll through offering pieces of wisdom or words of advice. Now that you're that guy who has the benefit of hindsight being 2020, you've achieved all that you've achieved to this point. What advice would you offer to those young 13, 14, 15 year old kids who are just starting out on their journeys and maybe hoping to follow in your footsteps one day? Well, I would say, listen, when, when I was, when I was young, I used to hear a lot of people say, well, if you don't have the talent, then you probably like, shouldn't try or like, it's not for you. And I just want to tell them that's such a huge lie, you know, like, don't ever listen to people that tell you, you don't have the talent. Don't ever listen to people that tell you you don't have the height or the weight. Because many, 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 many times they're wrong, but in order to to achieve things, you've got to put in the work. As long as you put in the work, as long as you pay attention to detail, as long as you really dive into wisdom of whatever you're trying to do and work at it every single day, you can achieve great skill. And even if you're not talented, you you can you can achieve whatever talent can achieve. So. If you're 13, 14, 15, and you're working at something, and not just in sports and school or whatever you're trying to do, um, that's what it's all about. It's about putting the time in and showing up. If you show up and put in the time, you can make huge things happen. And you have you have the advantage of youth. You're young, you know, so like you have all this time to really, really put in the work and not give up. So don't don't listen to people that believe in talent because. Many times, you know, work can achieve a lot more than talent. 
It's one of the things I said as a manager was I can teach talent. I can't teach attitude. I'd rather take somebody with 100% attitude and 80% talent versus somebody with 100% talent and uh, an 80% attitude. So love that, uh, love that transition there from you. Final question here for you. It's the one that we ask everybody. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Um, baseball, baseball is a way for me to, to get away from, you know, real life. Um, and that's how I try to look at it. Um, there are so many things, so many tasks that we have to, uh, get done every day as an adult and baseball is just my way of leaving that and being a kid again. And, um, I, I'm good at it because I enjoy doing it because I love doing it. So baseball to me is just a way of having fun, you know, and being my best self, com like competing. And it just so happens that it's what I do for a living. So it's just, uh, just a win-win situation, but there's nothing, there's nothing like, there's nothing like, you know, being a kid on a baseball field all over again, you know, like there's, there could be all of these things happen, but you show up to the field and, and you're having just as much fun hitting a double or fielding a ground ball, winning a ball game. That's what baseball means to me. It's just a distraction from the real world that brings out the best of me. Fantastic stuff. Well, Alejo, uh, congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success as you go along your journey. And again, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast to share your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. Big thanks again to Dogs Product and Cincinnati Reds infielder Alejo Lopez for joining us this week. We'd also like to take a moment to thank our Platinum supporters. The Okotoks Dogs have their schedule out and are busy recruiting for the upcoming WCBL season. Check them out on all of the social media networks as well as dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy has been busy during the offseason as well. They've been announcing a ton of player commitments and unveiling growth plans for the Edmonton area. Check them out on social and at ahpbaseball.com. As always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We really couldn't do all of this without all of you. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.